Welcome to the State of Energy. I'm Randy Witt, along with the man that planet Earth calls to let off some steam. Huh? <laughs> like what he did there? Tom Clark, Executive Director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association, uh, a propane ambassador. Yeah, there fine, you go. Fi- the a fine groomer of a fine groomer of a beard. I did trim it down a little bit just for you. Man, you know, takes breaks at lunch to go skiing in Utah. And uh, by the way, I, I was doing these kind of intros long before Gutfeld was even a thing. <laughs> you know, I was doing that when I was a wacky FM DJ in San Diego and LA markets. So just so people know. You didn't, you didn't steal that from somebody. You're, no. This is your thing. This is my thing. Because actually I did an interview way back, oh God, a long time ago with Robert Smith of The Cure. Wow. You know, The Cure. I mean, the guy puts on his makeup with like a paint gun. And I introduced him as the man Sherman Williams calls for makeup advice. Nice. What do you think Sherman Williams feels about Earth Day coming up? Well, I don't know. But Robert Smith, in his little voice, he goes, well, you know, Robert's a fine looking man. He's pretty. (laughs) He has no idea who Sherman Williams is. It was just kind of funny. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, we want people to go to the website, thestateofenergy.com, check out our past shows, um, find out where you get get propane near you, also rebates. Uh, We're on Instagram, at the state of energy. Find out more about the Sensamia, I'm sorry, the Camelina plant. The Camelina plant. Yes, not the Sensamia plant. Boy. The Camelina plant. We talked about it last week. I know we did. It's going to save the world. It's going to save the earth on Earth Day. It is. It is because we have we're uh, Earth Day is upon us, April twenty second. You ready for Earth Day? Are you gonna Are you gonna celebrate Earth Day? You know what? You know why I'm jealous about Earth Day? Because <laughs> it's always snowing when Earth Day happens in Utah. <laughs> Earth Day Earth Day is also a uh, big baller gas hauler's birthday. Really? Yeah. Well, we have to. You know what? We should have big baller gas hauler on on the show sometime. We should. We you know, should. He, he's very insightful. Has a lot to say. Especially after a few beers, just saying. Uh, and folks, we also want to uh, let you know the 75th Southeastern Convention International Propane Expo is happening April 23rd through the 25th at the Music City Center in Nashville. It's presented by the National Propane Gas Association. And please beware of hot chicken. My taste buds have not been the same since last year. Yeah, stay away from the Nashville hot. Now, um, did you know that propane and renewable propane are clean energy for every day? Every day. Not only is it clean energy for every day, it's clean energy for everyone. And did you know that propane works with solar and wind on the wide path to a zero emissions future? It's the only way to get this done. You got to have a wide path to this. You can't be polarized. You got to have a big basket of all sorts of of clean energy to produce all the different needs that, that we have, including electricity. Yeah. We have to use propane to, uh, to make this happen. And see, environmentalists, when we're on the same page, environmentalists. If it's truly about cleaning the environment, um, we just know that we're truly missing an opportunity to get there faster to the cleaner environment to help Mother Earth, and more affordably, by including propane in a balanced plan. We can all do this together. Yeah, there's, there's, there's absolutely no way to just do this with one 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 fuel source we you you have to have all sorts of of clean energy and and energies that are that are being innovative like like propane and and the renewable side of things and we we have so many cool renewable propanes to to celebrate on on earth day not just from the camelina plant that you talked about but also we can take digester gas we can take used um, fats and greases 
and we can mix that in with traditional propane, we can have some of the cleanest burning energy source available today. I know. And, you know, as we come up on Earth Day, I think you uh, you sent me a press release I'm just going to read off of here. It says, while the world carries on about electrification as the solution for climate change, America is missing a prime opportunity to transition medium-duty fleets using an American-made fuel that is readily available and abundant in supply. Can you guess what that fuel is? Boy, I could, you know, this is the state of energy, and we, we love to talk about all sorts of, of energies, including multiple clean energies but it's got to be propane well you know i mean it's going to surprise no one (laughs) that listens to this show (laughs) that uh, there's enough surplus propane in the united states 20 billion gallons to be exact to convert at least half of the country's medium duty vehicles from diesel to propane and this would reduce carbon emissions by 21 million metric tons which is equivalent of taking 4.5 million cars off the road every year 4.5 4.5 million cars. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, if we're, if we're really trying to do something for the environment and not go bankrupt, and if we really want to clean up quicker, propane just needs to be a larger part of the process and not just the, the go-to when wind and solar free, freeze up. And this is, this is what you're talking about here. This is surplus yeah. propane. Over and above. This is stuff that we, we have a, a whole bunch of propane that we're currently using in clean, burning, uh, appliances all over the country. There's a lot of people that, that use propane every day and they're doing their part to to support Earth Day and, and, and this, this mission that we're all on to clean up the environment. But there's an extra 20 billion gallons that, that you, could, you could clean up 21 million metric tons, four and a half million cars. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Well, especially, uh, you know, and we can f- focus on the financial aspect of it as well. I mean, ask Ford how things are working out in their EV department. Oh, They're going to lose $3 billion from EV sales to consumers this year alone. Yeah. Isn't that wild? So so they're, they're forcing, they're forcing uh, Ford and they're, well, they're forcing the consumers to buy electric vehicles through all these different policies and regulations. Uh, We've seen it on a state level. We've seen it now on a national level. And and so all these auto manufacturers are trying to get on this bandwagon and it's just, it's not, they're losing money. How can this be sustainable? How, how many, how long before these, these prices of these vehicles are just so wildly expensive that you, you can't even afford one anyway. Well, I, we do have to add this. Ford still believes they're going to hit their profit projections for 2023, which is between 9 and $11 billion in profits, even after losing $3 billion. To me, that sounds like fuzzy mass, math. I think we should pay attention to what happens with Ford at the end of the year to see, see if they really hit their projections well, they, while losing $3 billion. Well, they, they, obviously, they, they are making money on their gas-powered vehicles well, yeah. to, to subsidize this, these electric vehicles. It's pretty uh, wild that that you know we're we're forcing people to buy these electric vehicles through different incentives um, and and regulations when we have this this fuel that's available we have we have an abundance of it we have a, a surplus of it that could do this for a fraction of the cost and you wouldn't use subsidies or or government rebates you would just use the technology that we currently have which would reduce those emissions by 90 percent on some of these diesel engines and 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 you would save the 
the country, the economy from blowing all this money that we don't have on the private and a government uh, spending problem that we have. What do you think about President Biden's new plan, his more aggressive plan? Well, there's, uh, you know, they're they're trying to make what is it the toughest ever emissions rules, um, mm-hmm. and it's it kind of reminds me of, of what we talked about uh, on the state levels where they're going to push you to 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 be what 50% electric vehicles in California by 2035. Well, yeah. now this just helps that 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 mission that they're on by reducing the amount of emissions for for these vehicles by 2027 and 2032. Washington state now is saying that they can make it happen by 2030. But you have to go to the manufacturers now and say, okay, now you have to reduce, you have to make your your vehicle um, even less polluting by 2027 through 2032 that just raises those costs of that manufacturing which raises the cost of the vehicle i don't know if you've seen prices of new vehicles lately but man you want to you want to talk about some sticker shock go go down to the to an automo or you know any any auto dealer and take a look at a brand new vehicle and and you'll be blown away by how much a, a 2023 vehicle costs right now but you look at the engine and it's they're super clean and there's a lot of lot of uh you know mechanical stuff that goes in there to to making this thing clean but then you you go look at what's going to happen in in by 2027 and 2032 that vehicle is going to be way more money than it is today (laughs) you know i mean and, and you're a man that like didn't you fly like four states and drive back a truck to find the one you wanted i i did i couldn't find a vehicle around in in utah for a decent price so for and I say decent price. I'm talking about just regular sticker price. I had to. I had to go all the way to Louisiana. I flew to Louisiana to pick up a, a Ford truck and drive it back to Utah because none of the dealers around here would would sell me the vehicle at sticker. And how how ironic is that? I mean, we used to be buying them. You used to go around to the dealers and say, "Oh, which what's the best uh, price under sticker? You gonna give me?" Uh-huh. And now we're just like, "Oh, we'll we'll take anything." Yeah, it's just gonna. It's just this this. Um, new policy is just going to drive those costs even higher, which is, it goes against uh, the inflation and everything that we're already fighting. So the the answer to this could have been easy and we could have just had these, these vehicles run on propane or a percentage of them run on propane, which could have cleaned the environment and reduced costs at the same time. So let it be said that your trip to Louisiana was about getting a truck and not about stopping in Shreveport. <laughs> I did not stop in Shreveport. You didn't? No, what's in Shreveport? You know, casino land. Oh yeah, no, I've never I've never been to Shreveport. Oh, I drove through it, but I didn't stop. I should have. If you would have told me, give me a heads up. <laughs> yeah, like I need to let you know where casinos are. Oh jeez. <laughs> You're listening to the State of Energy. That man is Tom Clark, executive director with the Rocky Mountain Propane Association. My name is Rand DeWitt and you can find out how propane can improve your life and your wallet and the world by going to the stateofenergy.com. That is the stateofenergy.com. And uh, we get a story out of Reason Magazine from John Stossel of uh, 2020 fame. He's also on Fox News. Uh, I did a story uh, from uh, Re- Reason Magazine, and it's titled, Driving Electric Cars Produces Little Carbon. Making the Batteries Produces a Lot. 
And I like it because he uses simple math, not the crazy fuzzy math. Because the story starts off talking about how electric car sales are up 66% this year. President Biden promotes them uh, by saying things like, the great American road trip is going to be fully electrified. There's no turning back. Uh, and he goes on in the story to say, quote, this is John Stossel, but this is dumb. It will not happen. It's magical thinking. And then he includes a quote from physicist Mark Mills of the Manhattan Institute saying, uh, electric cars are amazing, but they won't change the future in any significant way as far as oil use or carbon dioxide emissions. The world has 15 to 18 million electric vehicles right now. If we somehow get to 500 million 500 million EVs. That would reduce the world's oil consumption by 10%. It's not nothing, but it doesn't end the use of oil. So if you're worried about carbon dioxide, the electric vehicle has emitted 10 to 20 tons of carbon dioxide from mining, manufacturing, and shipping before wow. it even hits your driveway. That, I mean, that just goes it goes along with, you, you have this emissions um this this emissions number that just from making the car so so you're saying that a, an electric car produces more than than a gas powered car just before you even get to drive it yeah it's like 3 to 4 years of emissions before you even get a chance to drive the new EV the other crazy thing about this EV that you're going to plug into your wall that you get to say this is zero emissions when i'm driving it down the road is is the the emissions the the loss of energy on a electric vehicle is is around 20 to 24%. They're super efficient. They're like between 76, 80% efficiency rating. And in and there's a lot of people who say, oh, these these cars are so much better than a than a gas-powered vehicle because the efficiency is is double. Because a, a gas-powered vehicle is somewhere around 30, 40% efficiency. What they don't tell you is you already started with losing 60% of the energy that it took to create the electricity to begin with. So when you started with this molecule of coal or natural gas, you lost that, you lost 60% of it just to get it to your house to charge that car. And now that you're, you're left over with 40%. So you started at the same efficiency rating as the gas-powered car started with. That had already been on the road for four years, three or four years. We, 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 we don't take in consideration the loss of the electricity from the energy that it took to create it to the time that it gets to the plug. And that's the part that really frustrates us in, in uh, making this clean energy that we call propane. It's because we're being attacked by all these different sides saying how efficient uh, and zero emissions that the that the electricity is where they're coming after your stoves. They're coming after your cars. They're going to come after your heaters and your furnace. And and they're saying that this is this electricity is so much more efficient. Well, making these electric powered, these battery powered things are already producing a lot of emissions. And then the efficiency side of where you created that electricity is even worse. So really, truly propane is way cleaner than trying to use an electric appliance or an electric vehicle on the road today. And people need to understand how much coal it takes. Yes, we're using different avenues to be able to generate electricity, which is going to make it cleaner over time. But we're going, we're just going bull ahead with just all electric. And people don't understand the amount of coal 
that is needed for electricity. And then you think about it, it's like, okay, we have, think about what you were saying about how uh, electricity loses over half of its... Uh, 64%. Yeah, just in the transmission. Yeah. So that's double the amount of coal you need to use to just charge your car. So if you think you're using just X amount, times that times, make that multiply that by two, and that's how much coal you're using. Well, the, 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 the real thing is where people think that electricity is energy. Electricity is not energy. It took some type of energy to create the electricity. And it could be solar or wind or coal or gas or hydro. But all of the solar and the wind and the hydro that we create right now is still only 10% of the total amount of energy that it takes to create all of the electricity that we use. And the funny thing about the way that the, the, all the environmentalists say that we're going to become more efficient on the way that we use the solar and the wind and the hydro. Have you ever heard of the, the Givon's paradox before? Yeah. This this is this is I where think there are a pair of shoes the, that I used to have in high school. <laughs> this this is where you start to create make something more efficient to reduce the amount that you consume. And the paradox is it goes like this. If we're going to start to make things more efficient through uh government policies or through techno technology processes the idea is that we're going to consume less fossil fuels because we made something else more efficient well what actually happens is as you as you make things more efficient you reduce the cost and you reduce how how much it it costs a consumer to to drive let's take a, a gasoline powered car you make that car more efficient then they're going to drive it further because they can save money doing that and in fact you actually increase the demands of the gas and the coal and the electricity so so here we are we're in this this weird time where we're trying to increase the amount of electric vehicles at the same time we're trying to reduce the amount of gas and and coal that we use but what's going to happen is we're going to increase the demand we're going to increase the efficiencies and people are going to drive further and they're going to use this stuff more and we're actually going to increase the amount of coal and natural gas and electricity because we're, we're increasing those efficiencies and people are just going to use it more. And that's the Jivon's paradox that we're going to have. The, the amount of gas and the amount of coal that we're going to consume over the next 10 years just increases with all these policies. It doesn't actually change anything. It doesn't reduce anything and it doesn't reduce the emissions. The, it, it, this is the truth. This is the reality is the more, the more we reduce these efficiency or the more we increase efficiencies, we're just going to increase the amount of coal and gas that we're going to consume. And so, so the, the answer here is let's use some of this clean propane that we're exporting to all these other countries. And let's use that here domestically. Because if we're gonna if we're gonna try to clean up the emissions, let's do it the most responsibly and the most economically that we can do this, and then and it gives everybody 
the chance to have access to this clean fuel that we call propane that's going to be affordable for them that it's it's not going to be a big uh it's not going to be a, a big government funded subsidy uh subsidy so it's going to be affordable for the consumer it's going to be affordable for the people that aren't actually consuming it but they're they're part of the government subsidy who has to pay the taxes on all this and it's going to clean up the environment you know what the problem with this is tell me it makes sense it does it just it just makes too much sense yeah that's that's uh that seems to be the the world we live in today so the big question is, do you think uh, President Biden is, is cracking? He's giving, you know, giving away under the pressure of the need for uh, more fuel. And uh, as we shift to our discussion about the Willow Project in Alaska, that uh, the administration greenlit and uh, Biden approved a scaled back version of the plan after the Interior Department only approved three of the five drilling sites proposed by ConocoPhillips. Um, and we're talking about hundreds of thousands of gallons or barrels a day. 100 180,000 barrels a day which is a that's a lot of that's a lot of oil coming out of Alaska so it, it they approved this because they know exactly what I was just explaining the more electricity that we need the more gas and oil we need to produce this electricity what do you think about tesla moving to iron based batteries well we, we've we've talked a lot about Elon Musk over the years, and you know I respect it, this. This thing has gone a full circle. Uh, he he's he's actually pro oil and gas now because he knows where the electricity comes from. He knows that we can't do this all on government subsidies. So he's actually even he's actually pushing to get away from government subsidies. He knows about the the lithium ion batteries that you can't get. So they're they're going to go to iron because that's something you can you can get locally. Well, isn't it dominated currently by the Chinese suppliers? It, you can you can Google any type of battery um, production, and you'll see anything from Africa, South America, Chinese. Even the the African mines are mostly controlled by by the Chinese. Owned by China. And you, if you want to see some really sad stories about children um, working in the mines, oh just gosh. just Google. Uh, you know the battery mines in Africa. It's pretty. It's pretty sad. Yeah, it, if you're, it's, yeah. it's not. Yeah, if you're having a good day and want to turn that day around, if you want to get away from your good day, Google exactly what Tom is talking about. And you can't. You you would never be able to to duplicate that same type of mine in the U.S. because we would never allow that. We don't. We don't allow that type of manufacturing or or mining in or emissions that they put out in these mines. Our our mining is very regulated and you 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 would it would take years and years and years to get just the permits and then let alone the, the cost of the mining um, it would be astronomical. So that's why you know we're out here in these third world countries looking for these raw materials uh, to to come up with these batteries that it's going to take to produce these mandated policies that or to, to supply these mandated policies that are going to push uh, the takeover of your vehicle and your furnace and your 
water heaters and your cook your cooktop stoves i mean it's it's in your wallet in your wallet yeah it's just, this doesn't ever end it just it just keeps escalating further and further and further and uh so, somehow this is we've we've got to get this message across that there's there's other alternatives to just going all electric it, it's not it's not safe it's not secure and it it's not that clean. That man with the big brain is Tom Clark, executive director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association. My name is Rand DeWitt, and we are always online at thestateofenergy.com. <laughs>